Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Hot off the heels of round 15, we're into the business end of the home and away season as we count down to September action. Paul Persick with you in the back chat studios for another edition of the official WAFL podcast and once again joining me is Mark Foreman. Mark, a big welcome to you mate, another big weekend of footy in the books. Thanks Paul, yeah, how good was that? Oh, There were uh, some... Serious, serious results, and I was fortunate enough to be at the uh, the talking point of the week. I think when Tom Edwards nailed one after the siren to to win it for Swan Districts, it was yeah, it was electric. It certainly was, and I'm glad you didn't lose your voice when Tommy Edwards took the mark. <laughs> I was pretty excited. You certainly were. I, was, I mean, it was. I think the best part about it, like when you have games like that, particularly when you're calling, is yeah, you can be quite up, particularly for the last quarter, and then. Uh, towards the end, maybe it gets a little jaded, but uh, it did. Fortunately, the voice held up. But it was, yeah, it was super exciting, and we, it sort of got to the point. You always felt like, well, I mean, we'll get to it in a sec. You almost felt like Swan Districts was always going to win, and they never made it happen. And it yeah. got to the point where the, you know, thirty seconds left, where it should have been done. So. Yeah, well, especially from West Coast point of view, they had their big chance. But yep. uh, I reckon that there will be a win coming for the Eagles before the season's out. But just when, that remains to be seen. Of course, so we've got a big show coming for you today here on the Backchat Studios on YouTube and where you get your podcasts. In a moment, Taj Schofield from the Subiaco Football Club is going to join us to have a chat about their big win over Perth. And also the Around the Waffle Player of the Year votes have been cast as well for Round 15. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, Subiaco, they had a big win over Perth and they are still alive in that fight for the double chance. And Taj Schofield, what a game it was from him. Four goals in a great day out at Leaderville Oval and he's good enough to join us here on Around the Waffle. Taj, welcome to the show, mate. Okay, lads, thanks for having me. Great pleasure to have you on the show, Taj. Uh, big win, it was needed uh, over Perth at Leaderville Oval. Keeps you in the hunt for the double chance. Yeah, it was a massive win for us. Um, obviously, coming off the back of a few tough losses, um, we actually thought we sort of, the games we lost, we didn't actually play overly bad. There was just a few things we needed to tidy up. And, um, yeah, we thought we did that on the weekend and it yeah resulted in a big win. Taj, you mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was a, a bit of a heartbreaker to Swan Districts. What was the message during the week as to what the response needed to be? Yeah, we thought that game, our effort and contest was actually really um, really solid. It was more so just a bit of our ball movement and um, entries going inside 50 that sort of hurt us a little bit and um, made us defend a lot for a lot of the game. So we just, yeah, during the week we reviewed that and, um, yeah, that was a bit of a focus going into this week and, yeah, we thought we executed much better. Zach Clark, I must say once again, he has been dominant in the ruck. What it's been like playing uh, with him across the season uh, as he has returned from Victoria and has returned to a very uh, very ruthless Subiaco side? Yeah, it's been unreal to have big Zach back. Um, he's obviously a big fellow and a very experienced ruckman. And it's also very handy for us midfielders when he's getting 50-plus hitouts most weeks um, and giving us first use, so... Yeah, it's awesome to have him back, and he's um, had a massive impact on the group. 
Taj, just for yourself personally, you obviously found yourself on an AFL list previously and, and, and back here playing for Subi. Do you still have aspirations to, to push higher or are you happy to settle in at Subi now? No, I'm definitely uh, I'm not satisfied where I am at the moment. I, it's still a very big driving factor of mine is to get back in the AFL and I'm only, only 20 still, so I'm mm. still pretty young and um, feel as though I've got a lot of um, footy ahead of me and yeah, if I can keep playing decent footy, um, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it definitely is the goal of mine to get back in the AFL. So as you push for that goal, Taj, where do you see that your personally, where do you see that your, your main assets lie? I think um, my main asset is my kick and just my ball use around the ground. I think that's probably um, my strength. And I feel like I'm able to do that sort of through the midfield inside and outside and half forward as well. Um, and then I think, yeah, my running and um, my speed when I use it is also um, strength of mine as well. Yeah, I think we can agree that um, your game by foot especially has been uh, on the up. Four goals from, from 22 disposals. It really must uh, you know, give your confidence a little bit of a boost heading into what is a big game on Saturday against uh, East Perth at Leadable. Yeah, it's definitely nice to um, the last few weeks string a few solid games together. Um, and yeah, definitely going into a big game this week, I've um, got a fair bit of confidence and that's obviously always a good thing. So um, yeah, obviously my my performance is, sort of comes off the back of a really good um, team performance and we spoke about that um, in the review last night actually that we played a really good team game and it allowed individuals to play well in that team and um, yeah, I was just lucky enough to be one of them and yeah, got my lick of the ice cream. What's the feeling around the, the club, Taj? I mean, perhaps at the start of the year, some might have been surprised to see you in this position, but there's clearly a belief amongst the playing group because you, you're playing good footy. As you said, some of your losses have been only really tight ones. What's the feeling around the group? Yeah, the feeling's really good. We had a really solid pre-season, and I think um, that gave a lot of boys confidence. Um, and then, yeah, when we started playing and we got a few good wins against I think it was Claremont and West Perth early on in the year and they were the um, premiership teams from last year. Yeah, I guess it just really gave us a lot of confidence and although the last three weeks we haven't played our best footy, we still definitely think our best footy is good enough and um, we're really looking forward to the challenge this week against East Perth who are clearly the informed team of the comp at the moment. So we're really looking forward to that challenge. What a game that is going to be. Taj, all the best to you and Subiaco in that big game against East Perth at Leaderville Oval on Saturday. Thank you, lad. Thanks for that. That was Taj Schofield joining us from the Subiaco Football Club. His game's just getting better and better, not only in midfield, but uh, when he's needed to push up the ground to boost the scoreboard pressure, he's a very reliable target. Yeah, a good player. And like I, we've spoken about this a little bit. When you get players of that calibre come back to the waffle system, uh, a lot of them do stand head and shoulders above the rest. Not literally. Well, sometimes they do with Zach Clark. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a guy like Taj Schofield, and, and he's now starting to get the rewards, like he said, on the scoreboard. Really, uh, I found that really cool to know that he's not satisfied at all and is still wanting to push push higher, which he, he obviously has the ability and, and clubs have seen it. You know, Port Adelaide saw it and... and you know, hopefully other clubs see it as well. And only at 20 years of age, you know, mm. the goal is still there and the desire is still there as well. Of course, he and Subiaco, a big game against East Perth at 2.40 on Saturday, which is live, free and in full on afl.com.au and on the AFL app where every WAFL game can be seen across the 2023 season. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. 
All right, let's get to some more Round 15 action, Mark. We'll start off with the game in Mandra, the early game on the Saturday. East Perth just too strong. Uh, big, big uh, second half setting up the victory, despite being three goals down at quarter time. Yeah, it was, you know, probably a little bit of a, a, a shock was sent through the camp at, at quarter time, but um, they were, yeah, too good in the end. We've spoken about how, how well East Perth have, have been this year and just find a way to do it. So whilst the final score suggests that it wasn't you know, that close, uh, like you said, they were given a bit of a fright they and, um, and they were good enough. So, um, you know, six goals, like Liam Tedesco, to kick six was, you know, just leading from the front. And um, I know one of your favourites, one of my favourite names, Sam Van Diemen. Van Diemen. Um, he, you know, he played well again and, and finding finding the footy and kicking a few goals. But, um, yeah, too good. And, and you know, they're, they're the trendsetters. And, again, the Schumacher, guys like Schumacher, Crowden, Brayshaw also seeing a lot of the footy. Brayshaw got a head knock uh, during that game, but he played out the rest of the game. So he should be okay for the game against Subiaco. Of course, uh, their back line a little bit affected by injury as well, but they should be fine for the game against Subiaco on that Saturday. Mitch Crowden, again, he's been in top form. Definitely one of uh, the Waffles' best midfielders going around at the present time. 32 disposals and 11 tackles as well. Yep, and uh, yeah, not for the first time. I've said this, goal-kicking midfielders are a dime a dozen, um, and he's kicked two again. So we, we know that, again, like as a former AFL listed player, we know that he knows how to find the footy. And when you start to add sort of polish like that, you know, kicking two goals and, you know, adding adding the grunt through the through the tackling, that's when you sort of go from good to great. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's sort of, yeah, that's what he's stringing together. Well, for Peel Thunder, the only... <laughs> Ones that really were able to string a good game together individually it was Clay Hall, 21 possessions, and Blair Bell with 20. Hayden Matthews also with 23. But apart from that, nothing really connected for Peel Thunder after quarter time. They had five more inside 50s, but after quarter time, they did, after half time, I should say, they couldn't find any consistent avenues to goal. They only had the three behinds in the third quarter and only three goals for the rest of the game. Yeah, and I suspect that'll be somewhat of a worry for them because when you are able to have those sort of entries but unable to capitalise on it, I think they're the sort of things that coaches get a little bit testy about. Um, so, yeah, perhaps a little problem. But, um, look, people, yeah, we know people won't play a part in, in um, like, they're, like, pushing and they, they have, they have, they've got a good core there. But I don't think they'll play a part in the last day. You don't think year. they'll drop? You'd think they'll drop out of the finals I, race altogether. I think? don't think they'll drop out altogether. I just don't think they'll be there at the very end. Oh, so that'd be very the, interesting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you bring you'll bring that back when they make it, no okay. doubt. Yeah, I reckon so. Well, you tipped Peel Thunder by the way on Saturday. I went with East Perth. Look how that turned out. Yeah, well, that was that was me jumping on the uh, underdog bandwagon, and uh, yeah, serves me right. But nonetheless, <laughs> a great win for East Perth. Got eight wins in a row now, and they go. A top spot on the ladder. They stand alone. Of course, uh, Subiaco now, they are going to be back in the fight for the double chance, as we mentioned, after their big win over Perth. <coughs> Eight goals to two in the first quarter, setting up the victory mark. And again, who, who can go past Zach Clark at the moment as a favourite <laughs> for the Sandover? Honestly. Yeah, that seems to be a little bit of a broken record um, idea on this show because Zach Clark's been unreal. And once again, you know, obviously dominating the hitouts, we've sort of we've sort of expected that, but doing it at ground level as well. And mm. I, I've just seen he's he's whacked a goal on the board too. But you know, to pick up the footy twenty four times and uh, that follow up work is 
uh, in my opinion, what makes the Ruckman go from good to great. Well, we and mentioned last week with Solomon James uh, in the win over Perth, that follow-up work with yeah. any Ruckman at any WAFL club is so important. He delivered last week, Zach Clark. He's delivered on a consistent basis, and mm. that's why he is such a good Ruckman. I reckon Solomon James, he'll learn from a lot of what Zach Clark's doing, and I reckon he could be a prominent Ruckman like Zach Clark in, in future years. Yeah, and not that this will play a factor at all for Subiaco. They won't care about this, but... What you just said then is very accurate in that other Ruckman can gain so much out of players like Zach Clark playing in the league. Yeah. So, we, you know, we know that uh, we know how impressive and how, how um, important Zach Clark is. But for young Ruckman who come up against him, it's a really good opportunity for them to learn. Absolutely. So, like, Solomon James will only be better for that. And, um, you know, like a Jang this week, he, you know, he would have learned a lot as well. And um, so whilst he's dominating for Subi, um, it's, yeah, it's really good exposure for, for other young Ruckman in the league coming up. And also he had some great support from Lee Kitchen, delivering the ball inside 50 11 times. The veteran just continues to go from strength to strength, 27 disposals. Ben Sokol with three goals, Taj Schofield with four. The forward pressure, the forward firepower on the scoreboard, starting to fire on all cylinders once again, especially after Sokol had a couple of lean weeks uh, inside 50. On the other side for Perth, like you said, a jang, a jang. Credit to him. He held his own against uh, Zach Clark. 28 touches and, and four, uh, 28 hitouts, rather, and 14 disposals. Got a goal on the board like Zach. So he'll take a lot out of this game and uh, how he can better himself as a prime ruckman when Perth start to really build as a really competitive side again. Yeah, he will. And he also missed a few opportunities, too, at goal. So, you know, that could have been a little better. I reckon they would have been massive raps on what a jang did uh, on the weekend. And... You never expect to win that battle, but I think if you can get as close as a Jang did, then, um, you know, you're you're going okay. But, um, yeah, they were just, like you said, they were just blown away early. And when you give up goals like that so early in a game, you just play catch-up for the rest, spend all your energy. And uh, it was a task too far for Perth, who, yeah, look, that score... Scoreboard ended up sort of getting a little bit out of hand for Perth. Certainly did. All right, let's go to the third game on Saturday, Rebo Fitness Stadium. This was a statement, some would say, uh, for West Perth against Claremont. Of course, big winners, the Falcons, by 49 points out at Rebo Fitness Stadium. Falcons were facing a win or bust, and we were expecting a very tight contest. I was there for the AFL app doing the call. Having in the mind, expecting a tough contest, but as it turned out, it was the Falcons that produced the heat all game. Five goals to three in the first quarter and were never headed. No, I picked this. Do you, you remember? Yeah, that's Do one back remember? on me. That's one back on me. I went with Claremont. Yeah, so this and this is great because this puts West Perth, you know, now very well. They're looks, back. They're back. Yeah, still two games out, but uh, that gap in the last few weeks has really narrowed. We, we all... I think most people thought the five was set. And so now I'm starting to think my comment earlier about Peel Thunder, maybe they might drop out. Who knows? You never know. Um, it'd be good to see the Falcons sneak in there. Always got a soft spot for West Perth. But it was their best performance this year, I'll say. I mean, finally they were able to get everything going as a side, able to play good four-quarter footy, have their leaders stand up, and their young guns show uh, show their true colours as well as as good, solid, uh, maturing stars. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And... Um, and like when you've got the combination of young guns coming through and, and veterans standing up, like Tyler Keitel has been really busy the last few weeks. He's kicked five again on the weekend, but um, a, a huge spread of goal kickers as well. I think it was, it might, I think it's sort of 10 or 11 individual goal kickers, mm. um, which is, you know, really impressive. So 
good to see. Um, slight concerns about Aaron Black. He, I, I noticed that he only had three touches. So um, got a head knock. He got uh, concussed early yeah. on in the game and uh, had to sit out that one. May miss the, the next game for West Perth as a result of the protocols. But there was another injury worry in the last quarter for West Perth. Nathan Alexandre, uh, he did a knee, and uh, mm. that's uh, his season pretty much done. Yeah, well, that's that's shocking to hear. And yeah, I mean, you never want that. You want you want your teams coming into September at, at absolutely full capacity. So. That is sad to hear. And yeah, obviously Aaron Black, if he was, you know, to sit out the rest of that game, he has to miss a week. So they'll be without him next. Uh, oh, well, Against no. Perth. Because uh, yeah. West Perth have the bye this coming weekend. Okay, and then so they have their next game against Perth. So he'll be okay then. Well, that, well, yeah, come at a fortunate time. But um, hopefully uh, the Falcons can sort of keep this momentum going and, and create a nice little tight finish for us in the race for that fifth spot. In the meantime... Claremont, where's it gone wrong for them over the last two yeah. weeks? I mean, they faded away in the last quarter against East Perth. And then, yeah, they had the likes of Lachlan Martinez firing from uh, halfback. Eastland again outstanding in the ruck. Bolton seeing a lot of the footy as well. But th- there's a missing link at the moment with Claremont. They just they haven't been able to string four quarters together in two weeks. And then not only to lose top spot in the ladder to East Perth, but then to get beaten at their home ground for the first time this season against the team that is still 50-50 on their chances of making the finals. There's got to be a few worries for Ashley Prescott and his side. Well, I think we could have all picked the result from the weekend, Paul. Yeah, we <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, look, West Perth played well, but yeah, it's weird. Um, it is. I, I find it quite strange because Claremont were... Um, right up there, in my opinion, with East Perth as your, as your trendsetters. And, yeah, they've dropped a couple of games, which you probably wouldn't expect. Um, so, it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting to speak. We'll try and get someone from Claremont over the next few weeks. But, um, oh, look, there won't be any panic there, of course. But um, you're probably right. There's probably a couple of little concerns with Ashley Prescott. You know, what's going wrong here? Well, um, the next two weeks, they've got big games after the bye. East Fremantle at the Wacker mm. in round 17. And then uh, on the road, Peel Thunder. Uh, in round 18 at Lane Group Stadium. So th- there's that prospect that Claremont could drop to fourth. Yeah, and and that, yeah, that's not something I expected to hear a no. few weeks ago. I don't think sort of many would would have. But um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. Basically, get finish in your top three and you're fine. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's not massive alarm bells right now, but... Uh, yeah, a little bit strange, I'm finding it. <laughs> well, Claremont, they've got the buy and they'll have a, a week to reflect on uh, these last two weeks. And then the final game of the round at Steel Blue Oval. Oh, this was an absolute cracker. I know, Mark, you're excited about this one. You were out there with the call. Swan Districts, they almost let it slip. But Tommy Edwards, the hero oh, again yeah. after the siren. A really cool redemption story as well because he had a shot after the siren earlier in the year. I yeah, think it was against, against Subiaco. Subiaco. Yeah. Yep, and um, unfortunately, unfortunately missed it. Hey, look. If we can wrangle a few strings, well, that makes no sense. If we can pull a few strings, pull a few strings, yeah. I would love to speak to him. Because, oh, he's good. Like hitting, kicking a goal after the siren is just epic. Like that is, it's not something I've ever done. I like, I've never been in that position when I was playing footy, but it just strikes me as like the ultimate. Besides winning a flag, like the ultimate feeling. And Tom Edwards nailed it from the boundary. Now. Um, on the call, I reckon Steve Bandy might have been a little kind to him. He said he flushed it. It was an absolute flower bag, but oh, it went through. It did. Um, and I was speaking to some absolute diehards. I'll mention the Golden Grunt in a second, <laughs> who were right behind the kick. And they said, oh, it had us in all sorts of 
emotions because he they said it looked good and then it was swinging away and then it was swinging back and uh, reverse well, swing on that one yeah well no well done to him so um the other thing is i will mention once again not only did he kick that goal he had a really strong final quarter oh it was huge so you remember he won the golden grunt last week because of his final quarter he kicked yes. four goals um against uh, subi subiaco in the win yeah and he's seen and he's done it again i think he kicked two in the last quarter and found a bit of the ball so um Tom Edwards, yeah, has been the star. Um, I may as well mention it now. Absolute controversy in the Golden Grunt. Um, they wanted to give it to Tom Edwards, and it was decided that you can't win it two weeks in a oh, row. Oh, no. I know. Unbelievable scene. Nothing wrong with back-to-back wins. But, uh, yeah, I know that's true. But um, well done to Ryan Kemp, yes. who won the Golden Grunt. Um, he also, like, one of the goals he kicked, Paul, you like, should have seen it. He showed a serious clean pair of heels he and did, burnt he off did. all players and kicked it. So... Um, for those wondering, Golden Grunt named after a bloke who's been going to the footy since 1974 burps a lot. They call him Grunt. 74, that's loyalty, man. Yeah, they've even got their, um, they've got a little banner out there on oh, the wing. Man. It's like, and they've got their names on it and it says established 1974. <laughs> How cool is that? That's dedication from uh, from the Swan District fans. I it love is. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, incredible finish. Um, probably worthwhile speaking about, um, you know, not to pile on him, but. Um, Harry Barnett had an opportunity with about, uh, it was probably about 25 to 30 seconds to go, West Coast running forward, um, decided to shoot on goal and unfortunately had three players all on their yeah. own about 10 metres out from goal. And he's so. only a young player and I, I yeah. think yeah. I don't think there needs to be a massive media pile on, on a player like him, you know. Oh, God, he's still no. getting used to, to his game. He's still getting used to the surroundings yeah. over there at West Coast. He'll learn. He's a good player. Yeah, he had the 24 hit-outs outstanding as a second-string yeah. ruckman and uh, he'll just get better and better. He'll learn a lot more as, uh, as the rest of the year goes on. Oh, couldn't agree more um, and certainly would never pile on. It's, and it's just like... Footy's about moments. Yes, and, um, big moments. You know, that was a moment. Um, yeah, and probably a moment he'd, he'd rather have again, but um, absolutely live and learn. And, um, you know, next time he'll he'll either kick the goal or, or pull the trigger and, and hit a target. But but it shouldn't take away from how competitive West Coast were all day. That, that was their best effort alongside the draw against Perth. I mean, they were absolutely terrific all game. You know, kept themselves right in it. You know, the likes of Sumich being in amongst the goals. Greg Clark, yeah. outstanding. And also Zane True, who continues to get better and better week by week. Yeah, 100% you're right. And I said off the top today that it felt like a game we were just waiting for Swans to take away and to break away. And they never did. And I was sort of thinking, oh, Swans playing poorly here. No, I, I think West Coast really turned a corner um, this week. I think they played really, really well. Yeah. Um, they did so well to stay in it. We know they're still undermanned. Like, don't, you cannot forget that. Can't shy away from it. They're still undermanned. Um, whilst they are getting players back, um, it's still a factor, but some of them really stepped up. Greg Clark, I wish I knew the halftime stat. I think it was, I think he had like, I think it was 24. Yes. He'd, had, he'd found the footy like 24 times 24 in a half. Times. He was everywhere. Mm. Um, so, you know, AFL listed players standing up. Zane True was good. Um, very proud of uh, North Beach's own Joey Deegan, who yes. I got to see a full game for the first time this year. And uh, I remember playing with him um, and he still tackles as ferociously as ever. And, and that was awesome to see. That was something I think 
that was the most notable was West Coast tackling pressure. Yeah, it's getting better and better week in, week yep. out, and there'll be more improvements, hopefully, in their final four games. Just before we go to the player of the year, votes the ladder as it stands after round 15. East Perth, they stand alone atop <laughs> the ladder, 44 points ahead of Claremont, who are in second. Then it is East Fremantle, Subiaco, and Peel Thunder rounding out the five. And then in the bottom half, West Perth and Swan District still just in that fight for fifth place. And then it's South Fremantle, Perth, and West Coast rounding out the bottom half of the ladder with round six. 16 coming up. Only two games this weekend. Remember, both games are live, free, and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Let's get to the votes for you. Player of the Year, round 15. One vote. Jarvis Pina of Swan Districts. His control across halfback and midfield again, just continues to get better. His class and poise when he's got the ball in his hand, along with his run and carry, was a really big key. Two votes, Zach Clark. <laughs> he continues to poll when it matters the most. 24 disposals, eight marks, and of course the 35 hitouts. He was sensational. And since there was only four games, there was that possibility that two players from the same club would poll votes. The three votes go to Jesse Turner. Yeah, and I just noticed Turner and Pina. It's funny, they were both involved in that final passage they of play were. too. So uh, moments in footy, as we talked about just a short time ago, they were both involved. But Jesse Turner, for me, was best on ground for Swans. Um, so no surprise to see him there. And the eight inside 50s, well, again, his, his service to that forward line was very valuable. Yeah. Uh, four votes, Tyler Keitel of West Perth. He had a day out. Five goals, 12 disposals. And uh, it wasn't so much the goals from his marking as well, but also in the general play, his gather from the ground ball and his leading as well was just very, very good. Yeah. And the around the waffle top gun of round 15, the five votes goes to Mitchell Crowden of uh, East Perth. He was fantastic, seeing plenty of the footy, 11 tackles as well. His grunt at the ground level ball, just sensational. No secret to this, find the footy and kick goals, you'll probably find yourself at the top of the votes. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's exactly what he's done, leading his side. So, um, yeah, good player. And, and having a good season. He certainly is like uh, the rest of the East Perth side. Let's go to the leaderboard. After round 15, we have a new leader in the Player of the Year. Zach Clark from Subiaco. He's on 12 votes. Jarvis Pina and Jai Bolton are tied for second. On 11, then it's Mitch Crowden on 10. Fifth is Milan Murdoch and Tyler Keitel, each with nine. And rounding out the top eight is Aidan Clark and Tom North on eight. Uh, Jimmy Miller from South Fremantle on seven. And Jesse Turner from Swan Districts is on five. Mark, great job from you as always, mate. Looking forward to previewing round six on Thursday. Thanks, Paul. I even wore a, uh, a reasonably non-ugly sweater today, so just to ease into the week. <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff. I'll see you on Thursday, and we'll see you, all our listeners and viewers, uh, on Thursday when we preview a big round 16. Only two games, but both of them are absolute beauties. You can watch us on the Back Chat Studios YouTube channel, or you can listen wherever you get your podcast. This has been Around the Waffle. We look forward to your company on Thursday. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.